want you to know better, do better, and be better. This is Hair, Head, and Heart with your host, cosmetology instructor, industry advocate, and writer, Mary Reed Johnson. This is Hair, Head, and Heart. You're listening to BBS Radio. And, you know, I lead a pretty charmed life. My my friends call me Miss Mary for the most part. And if you've been to my salon, you know that there are very few limits as to what we discuss. I try to keep things PG, but beyond that, the goal is learning. So this week, everybody's conversation kind of took a look at preparing for winter. What do they do? What holidays they experience? How they celebrate those holidays, some weird ones. I got to tell you, there's some really weird holidays in October. But uh, they seem very concerned about Trevor Noah. And if you don't know about him, I'm, I got to say, this guy is amazing. If, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Trevor in a minute. And uh, the rest of the world, like they come to Mall of America here in Minnesota to have fun for the winter or for, you know, throughout the year. But what do Minnesotans do? Uh, We'll take a look at some of the things that you can do if you're in Minnesota in the winter, whether you're a visitor or one of the the townies. Also, I got to speak to the Minnesota Cosmetology Board alongside uh, Lillian Anderson, who brought a lawsuit against the state in 2005, and she won, and the Institute for Justice who represented her at that time and even, you know, fast forward about 12 years. And what we were trying to do is review or or revisit a law that just has not been working for the breeders in Minnesota or the people that they serve. So we'll talk a little bit about that, too. And in the news this week, there was all kinds of things, one of them, I don't. I won't say I really don't care that much about it, but I don't. Um, the World Series is taking place: Houston Astros versus uh, Los Angeles uh, Dodgers, and I typically wouldn't care, but it affected my life in two ways. One, there's no Empire this week, and if you know about that show, people, it's pretty juicy, and it, it, there's no Empire because of the World Series, but. Again, in my little charmed world, one of the things I experienced was uh, I have had 11 dozen different temporary service jobs, and one of them was for the Polad. Are they coming to get me because I said something bad about the World Series? Uh-huh. I don't know. But uh, one of the things that I, one of the places that I worked was for the Polad company, uh, later named the Marquette Company. And they've got, they had two of their pennants right in front of me, two of their World Series trophies. And so I'll probably post those, dig out a picture and post those, because uh, not everybody gets to see them up close and personal. And they were literally not even four feet from me every day. That's where I worked. And uh, the twins have won the pennants, actually, a few times. One in uh, 19, I want to say 1924. One nineteen eighty seven, one nineteen ninety one, and those were the two that were in front of me. And uh, so it was, it was, it's something that I'll share with you guys on the website. What other things happened this week? One was that the Pope actually his, his Pope Francis's skull cap 
which is that little genie that he wears. Well, he was giving a, a blessing in St. Peter's Square, and um, his 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 beanie was missing. So really, all that had happened is some little girl uh, had taken it from his head, and he just laughed, good sense of humor, and and went on with his blessings and his day. Uh, then uh, there are some cutouts that have been popping up everywhere in the U.S. of President Justin Trudeau. So he's he's the um, Canadian uh, president or diplomat, and he's just been everywhere. And so what they did is they actually have banned, the Canadian government says that it's not respectful and this type of stuff, so they want to put it into that type of fun, and they don't like the cutout at all. So they're asking a global affairs spokesperson to... uh, no longer use these for their events, especially in the U.S. So it's it's like I you know I, I understand that, but um, if there were a similar thing with our dear President Trump out there, I I don't think we'd have too much of a, a opportunity to say yeah you can't use our president's cutout because it's disrespectful. Um, but anyway, that's just a strange little thing going on. It, start, it starts off small, but could be big later. So we'll just keep watching to see if there's anything to it. But hopefully not. It, it's just a very strange thing. And for you people who like music, I've got to say a rest in peace to Fats Domino. Fats Domino, if you're if you're not familiar, if you've heard of such things as Blueberry Hill, I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill. That is Fat Domino, and and that let's see, ain't that a shame? He had a he had a lot of tunes, and he sold over a hundred million records. And actually, you might be more familiar with people like um, Chuck Berry, or uh, of course Elvis. But um, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he's only eighty nine years old, actually, or he was, but. Um, he passed away this week, and so uh, there are a lot of kudos going out to him. Uh, they they really do consider him part of the birth of rock and roll, and so he will be missed. Uh, his tunes are timeless, and so if you are not familiar with that domino, you should Google him and uh, just start imbibing on his music. And actually, you probably have heard it in, in several things, commercials and movies and all types of things, just didn't know who you were listening to. But rest in peace, Fats Domino. He was a great contributor to our society. Now, in October, like you said, the clients were trying to figure out what they're going to be doing. They were talking about holidays and different ways they celebrate them. But I I was surprised at some of the things that, people celebrate in October. Now, there's the good things, or in my opinion, the good things, adopt a shelter, you know, dog month, breast cancer awareness month, clergy appreciation month. Again, the uh, pontiff was out and had a skull cap removed, but that, you know, that was a moment. Um, Computer learning month. So if you ever, or if you haven't been up on some of the things that are out there and available, some updated information and updated uh, software, that type of thing. It's, it's A lot of it's coming out this month. Other things are going to be out in November. So just watch for them. It's a great time to update. But it's computer learning month, so you'll also find a lot of free or low-cost things no matter where you are. 
uh, Cookie Month. All these things are good. Uh, uh, National Diabetes Month. All those, again, are, are pretty normal, I think, good, positive things. And then there's just some odd ones that go on in, in October. We know about Halloween, but there's strange things about Halloween. And, and, but anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. But they've got strange things like this month, it's Eat Country Ham Month. Uh, who cares? Uh, pizza, National Pizza Month, uh, National Vegetarian Month, National Popcorn. I'm not sure what the obsession is with food, but there's a whole lot of food type things that um, go on. And I think the weirdest one for me that I didn't know exists, there's something called, and it was on the 3rd, National Boyfriend's Day. So I, I looked to find the National Girlfriend's Day and still haven't been able to find it, but I will keep digging. Um, but if you had a boyfriend and you missed that big old juicy whatever love them up day, then I guess uh, it's not too late. You just create your own special time. There are so many, many things out there uh, in ways that people celebrate, or if you're, you know, certain religions you don't celebrate. But holidays are meant to be beautiful. They're meant to be fun. They're meant to be a way for you to reconnect with your friends and your family. But in reality, they can get a little bit stressful, um, even to the point of, of literal anxiety or depression, that type of thing. And, and mainly because some of them involve, you know, money. And so we're going to take a peeky peek at some of the most expensive holidays and then maybe just knowing what they they represent, you'll rethink how you use them. Um, I will say one of the things with Halloween, which is a very, um, it has a, a, a overall, it's an expensive holiday, but it has some negative connotations and actually some, some um, unsafe things. So like even animal shelters, they won't allow you to adopt black cats around Halloween because they are used sometimes as sacrifices. And that sounds really horrible, and uh, it is, but it's a real thing. So if you if you go and you just want a little black kitty, it's not happening uh, around Halloween. And I'm not even sure why they use black cats specifically, but um, they, they, they don't adopt them out uh, during the month of October. And so... That's good. I remember one time we were trying to get rid of a, a pet rabbit, and he wasn't a, a new rabbit. Rabbits usually live to be about seven years old, and ours in the end lived to be about 15. But this was that middle part. Maybe he was maybe eight or, or something like that. He was still very spry and all of that type of stuff. But the the uh, pet stores wouldn't take him. And so I said, well, maybe I'll put him on Craigslist. And I got a call from a policeman or something, law enforcement, and they said, um, you know, I needed to be very careful when I in screening people when they were looking for uh, the rabbit because people are not always well-intended. And so it was so, I thought that was just a real twisted thing that they, you know, gave me a warning about. But it turns out I was really thankful for the warning because, I asked a couple more questions. A fellow called and he said his daughter wanted a, a rabbit and he was really concerned about the age of the rabbit and that type of stuff. And I asked him a little bit about his daughter. He had no answers. 
So I think he was probably wanting to cook that little 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 uh, rabbit of ours. So long story short, we ended up keeping him. There were some other strange um, people who made inquiries, and I just didn't feel comfortable. So I just kept my rabbit. So, um, you know, people are not always always on the up and up. So ask some extra questions if you're if you have a pet that you are trying to care for. The back to the holidays and what drives people bonkers. Well, number one, Halloween is an expensive holiday. They spend like eight billion dollars on it every year. And it's like there are countries that don't even spend that much or don't even earn that much in their in their gross national product. And so if you are participating in Halloween and, and that type of thing, usually you're going to spend about $75 just for one person. So you think about the little kids, they are, they're not really uh, pushing that the kids do spooky things. They in our, in our school system, they ask that the kids have uh, books, you know, that they pattern after. So they might dress as, you know, this character or that character from a book, which should be pretty innocent. However, some people just don't, they, they just don't have good sense. There is a, I think they may have taken it off the market, but I saw that they had an Anne Frank costume. So anybody who's, you know, over 20 probably should know who Anne Frank is. She was a, a little girl who was involved in the Holocaust, her family hid, and ultimately she uh, perished as part of um, some Nazi um, rhetoric and and, and uh, lifestyle and anyway she was she was she was killed in the Holocaust and they found her diary so you know the story is of her diary and it's like yeah it's a book but you know what parent would buy that type of outfit for their kid or what adult would want to dress as Anne Frank I'm not sure but. Um, you, you know, you want to kind of use some some sense, I think, a positive sense of um, humanity. But anyway, that was that's something that's out there right now. But people spend an awful lot of money at Halloween. Easter, it's next to that. It is the fourth most expensive holiday. And they spend, instead of... Uh, $75, they spend about $140 on Easter. I personally, I mean, I like the concept and, you know, I appreciate the story of of Jesus and his, his birth and his or his resurrection and that type of stuff, his death and his resurrection. But I don't actually spend that much on Easter uh, as far as, you know, special clothes or anything like that. I just don't, don't find the need. Um, but uh, even when we were little kids and dressed up and had on the little Easter shoes and bonnets and that type of stuff, um, I can't imagine that my mother was spending $140 on each of us or anything even close. But um, there's, I think the biggest thing is their candy and um, peeps, those little extra sugary, extra glucose, extra you know, strange little marshmallow treats, they, people eat like uh, about uh, a billion and a half peeps a year. And um, 16 billion jelly beans is one of the numbers I ran into. 
So um, if you if you want to do that, that's fine. A lot of people just for the you know we we did the dress up on Easter Sunday, but for some people it's just a time to do your spring wardrobe update. So that could be part of the money. I'm not sure, but um, one of the big things that people spend on now at the end of the season here we kind of go into hibernation for the most part, especially in Minnesota. So we're, we're sitting out, we're, you know, not paying attention to anything or anyone. We don't want to go out and play too much um, unless you're a ski sloper. And we'll talk about some of the things you can do if you do like to get outside and choose not to hibernate. But all of this is like you put on your extra little pounds and that type of stuff in the winter. And then you, you try to get past Valentine's Day. So you're not meeting and, and, and mingling too much in the winter uh, quite often. But then right after, um, right in the middle of it, actually, is Valentine's Day. And that's another day that people still spend a lot of money. You would think that, you know, hearts and flowers, you know, or the sentiments would be enough. But the average consumer, they say, spends 142 So just slightly more than they do at Easter. $142 and some change uh, celebrating Valentine's Day. Now, basically, most of it's going to be spent on gifts. Like, men spend more, so they are doing the buying for the most part. So they're buying uh, jewelry for people. They're doing a special night out, uh, flowers, you know, some clothes, that type of stuff, and very little uh, candy. You would think, you know, we, when we think of, uh, some of the little chocolates and this and that, that's not the bulk of where the money is going on, on uh, Valentine's Day, but it is a big jewelry day. So I'm not putting ideas in your head, but if that's what you do, then um, you are right in, in line with the rest of the world. It's a lot of money for a holiday, but if that is your thing, um, I'd say start saving. And Mother's Day and Father's Day, they run pretty much neck and neck as far as the second biggest holiday. And a lot of the spending with that um, comes from, like, little special gifts, um, brunches, golf lessons, home improvement stuff, some, you know, dressy stuff, shirts and ties, you know, experience gifts. So uh, those end up being nearly $200 that people spend on that particular day. And then, of course, right around the corner is the biggest of all, Christmas and any of those other winter holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you know, all of that type of stuff. So you go from about $200 uh, if, you're, if you're being uh, generous for Mother and Father's Day, you almost triple that to 600 Well, it's just double, uh, about $500. And uh, those are gifts for family and friends and that type of stuff. You spend 20 30 bucks for coworkers. It just, short version, adds up. And so Christmas, I, I think, again, the, the sentiment is great. I absolutely am Christian, so I, I, I like the, the concept, but I don't like the commercialism. I don't like um, people's lack of focus. And actually, you know, they get, they get kind of testy and, and have some unrealistic expectations. And there's, some, there's some rough stuff that goes on at Christmas. Maybe we'll have a special Christmas show, see if I can bring in a Santa Claus or something to see what his experience really is as a Santa. I mean, we see the things in the movie, and they're always drunk, and they're always, you know, they've got some issues. But I don't believe that that's the regular, normal 
way that Santas uh, are, the ones in the suits. We don't know the real Santa, but um, but the ones in the suits who work in the malls. It's like, are they good people? Are they happy people? Are they just doing a job? I, I'm just curious, you know, what they really are thinking. I had a, a friend who was Brother Man Claus a couple of years and uh, seemed to really enjoy that. He uh, was a black person in the, in the traditional Santa Claus suit, and he would go primarily to black events, black schools, that type of thing, and uh, really seemed to enjoy it. So it's like more power to him. It was a good thing. But back to back to uh, the the fifth most important holiday, and the one that's coming up right around the corner, and that was Halloween. So Halloween is the time for candies and costumes. Uh, if you like Charlie Brown, you know, that, that the special that he has, I think that's good. But um, what in the world were we thinking to to get to the point where, uh, you know, kids are running around your neighborhood and, and threatening tricks? I mean, um, they do have a couple of good things, like the, the collection of, of UNICEF funds, and I think they still do UNICEF. Um, that that's okay, but you know, jack-o'-lanterns and and some of that other stuff. It's just pretty strange stuff. And so I had to look into the history of Halloween, and there were some some little bones in there that were strange. So basically, it turns out that it is a European uh, European thing, and originally. You didn't just go and ask, you know, say trick or treat or anything. Originally, you had to dance to get a treat. And so um, you'd go door to door performing actually kind of like choreographed things and uh, almost like caroling, but instead of singing, you're dancing. And so I think that would be a fun thing. I'm certainly not going to do it, but I think it's a a cool thing if you're going to celebrate and do it something a little bit more different. it's also um, something that comes from the Celtic Festival of the Dead. And so basically they believe that the, the ghosts of the dead roam the earth. And so people would dress in these different costumes and leave things to on their front doors to appease the roaming spirits. And, you know, basically they'd be left alone. So um, it's, it's an Irish thing. Uh, originally, and so when the Irish uh, came to America, then it kind of, you know, meshed into our new fabric of, of land. So uh, if you've been around or if you if you experienced or, or know about the very, very, very earliest uh, Halloween celebrations, then those people, uh, and this is as far back as Roman times, they would wear animal heads and um, skins, and that was to help them connect more with the spirits of the dead. So it's always involving something, you know, the death thing that's carried through for sure. And then uh, the the jack-lanterns related to this death thing, um, I think it told the story best. So jack-o'-lantern comes from old Irish, remember it says Irish, um, story about a man who was named Stingy Jack. And then according to the legend, Stingy Jack was out getting drunk or sloshed when the, with the devil. And the first rule of dealing, dealing with the devil, by the way, is just don't. But 
Dingy Jack was out with the devil and uh, just getting hammered. And then Jack convinced his drinking partner to turn himself into a coin. So Jack convinced Satan to turn himself into a coin to pay for the drinks without spending money. Sounds like the American economy. But anyway, then Jack um, put the devil, who was, again, shaped like a coin, in his pocket. And the pocket also had a silver, silver cross, right? So the silver cross kept the devil from transforming back or turning back into himself. So then Jack promised to free the devil as long as the devil wouldn't bother him for another year, right? And if he died, then the devil could never claim his soul. So then Jack tricked the devil again later. He got him to pick a piece of fruit out of a tree and then um, was carving a cross in the bark when the devil was in the branches. So then that trick brought Jack another, got him another 10 years of um, devil-free living. So long, long, long story short, it, it, Jack was immortal. And so when, when Jack finally died, um, God decided that he wasn't good enough for heaven. <laughs> but the devil had promised never to claim his soul for hell. So then Jack was sent off to roam the earth with uh, just uh, a one burning coal for light. And he put the coal in, uh, they used to use turnips and that type of thing, turnips, beets, and potatoes. But anyway, they put uh, the turnip as a lantern, and then Dingy Jack became Jack of the Lantern. So we hear it as Jack the Lantern. And so on, on uh, part of that carving that we do as part of the Irish myth is that we we carve these scary faces into the, the you know, gourd, the, the beet, the turnip, the potatoes, to scare away Stingy Jack or any other spirits of the night. So um, while you're having fun with your pumpkins, there really is history to it. There really is something behind it. And some people, uh, you know, just go whole hog with that. And we, my, my uh, some of my relatives, they don't celebrate Halloween, they don't acknowledge it really at all, but there's, you know, when you have kids, they're always, you know, they're inundated with all this Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. So how can you make a pumpkin or get them to feel this, this you know, thing or, or experience it? Um, what we did this year is had the little ones make pumpkin pies, so we made pumpkin seeds. So didn't bother with the the uh, carving and that type of stuff, the scary parts of it. But, there, you know, there's a lot of good things that can come out of a pumpkin, so you might want to look at that. And a lot of good things that can come out of Halloween. Uh, one of the things that um, some parts of Ireland still believe and, and that type of thing, they, they emphasize different romantic and fortune-telling games. So they use Halloween basically to be a great day to find the soulmate. And that is just really uh, deep and involved. They have games like bobbing for apples and uh, all these things that um, are just uh, just minglers, we'll say, um, to help them find uh, a soulmate. And so you see some of those things at parties, they might not know where, where the history is or where it comes from, but... So Halloween can be used to actually be a, a, a soulmate, a romantic thing. And we have plenty of Halloween parties. So if that's your thing, then uh, uh, there you go.
have some fun with it. Uh, but truly, don't don't be surprised. This is not the time to adopt a, a cat or even attempt to adopt, adopt anything like that because it's not safe for some people. Now, that just is, they were, you know, holidays, Halloween, we'll go into different holidays as they come up, but it's a thing for some people, so if you're out there, be safe and enjoy. Um, there was a fellow, or if you don't know uh, about this guy, um, he's uh, coming up as the um, the replacement on the the Daily Show. Uh, Trevor Noah, who is he? I, you know, I know he's got some great commentaries. I know he's got uh, a book. He's a South African fellow, and he's just he's super funny, but uh, and and bright, very very bright. But I didn't realize how big he was until I was looking at some tickets. I knew he was coming to Minnesota, so I went to check out some tickets. And for example, Hamilton, which is a huge show. Huge success all across the land. It's, you know, I don't even know if it's in its third year, fourth year, fifth year. But anyway, finally it's coming to Minnesota. And so the tickets are a little bit pricey um, if you wherever you go. I mean, you can find them in Chicago for as little as $128. And you can find them in New York for as much as $500. Huge, huge show, Right. And I've got the music for Hamilton and, and this type of stuff, but uh, I, and I, you know, that's those are those are not the worst prices. It's not like Beyonce prices, right? But Trevor Noah, he's coming to one of our little theaters here in November, and his low seat or his you know mediocre seat prices started at like three hundred and some change, three hundred thirty four to be exact. And it's like, all right, then what's his high price? So around 600, six, over 600. So it's like, well, I, I like him. I think he's funny, but um, I can't. And he's only been around like Comedy Central since 2015. So it's like, how does he do that? I just he must have an amazing agent. If you're not familiar with Trevor, I'm going to tell you, he is... Uh, best known right now for being the host of The Daily Show. If, you, if you've never seen The Daily Show, super funny, super satirical, political news. Um, he observes things and he just thinks differently. And probably part of the reason he thinks differently is because he was born in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. And he uh, had a black mom and a white father and uh, just a real, um, that was illegal uh, at, at that time in his country, and it, it shaped him. Um, he had a, a pretty rough uh, stepfather, and so he just, he just sees things differently than, I'll say, the average African-American, definitely different than the average um anybody in America, um, he, he, he's just, he's just smart, but I don't know if he's like all that as far as, uh, his, his, the cost that he's, he's, um, going, he's going to get it. So I guess he is worth it. It's, it's just, 
uh, amazing to me. There's a lot of um, satire that he has. You can just look him up on um, a YouTube. He has a YouTube channel. Um, he's got um, a couple of books out, uh, this type of thing. But his first one, I, I think, was called um, Born a Crime. So basically, because uh, where he was from, apartheid, which is interracial uh, sexual relations and marriages and that type of stuff, those were against the law. So, uh, and that was that way in South Africa, South Africa until 1985. So that didn't happen until after he was born. He was like a year old. But um, his mother was jailed and fined by uh, by the South African minority government. His father moved his uh, birth father moved back to Switzerland. And he was raised by his mother and his um, grandmother. And um, along the way, there were just some really rough things that happened, uh, you know, when he was 10 or 11 years old. Uh, his, his mom converted to Judaism. And even now, with his uh, success, people uh, say that he mocked the Jews and, you know, these types of things. So, you know, you're always going to have uh, naysayers. But he is worthy. If you haven't experienced the Daily Show with him, I think he's, again, been there since 2015 or thereabout, um, you should should just take a look. If you like John Stewart, if you don't know who uh, Trevor is, and you like John Stewart, that's the successor. So um, he has some good uh, information. He's got some good uh, commentaries. He did an exit interview with Barack Obama talking about what it is like to have a multiple race, you know, you're, you're, you know, two races and where's that, that balance it, it, you know, him as a comedian or as a uh, political ob- observationist, that's one thing, but he asked Barack Obama how he as a president could uh, balance these things. And um, short version, Barack Obama said that he just knew that he was doing the right thing. But what he would have to do sometimes is just choose his words carefully so he wouldn't offend people. Um, He wanted them to know what uh, he thought was right. And so he just lived kind of that way. So it is is, um, amazing to me that he cost that much. I looked at some of my other favorites. Um, Neil Tyson DeGrasse, for example, his tickets are $68, and that's his high ticket, Um, and he was here. So, you know, priorities and, you know, why not get paid if if you can? I mean, we don't talk about um, other politicians who choose to, you know, charge whatever. We don't talk about athletes who, and they should, be paid very handsomely. So... Um, he just got it, maybe a good uh, manager or something, but he certainly gets paid. I don't think I'm going to be going to see Trevor. I'll stick with the YouTubing and that type of stuff. Um, the first book I would like to say, if, you, if you've never heard of Trevor Howard um, or Trevor Noah, make sure you get a copy of Born a Crime because that um, is about his stories from a South African childhood. And um, his wonderful, wonderful mom, she was, she was a tough one. Got him through. So 
one of the other things, like, again, most people visit Mall of America, or they, a lot of people come here. If you're, if you're visiting Mall of America, that's great. Um, they used to give short tours, and there were rumors in those tours about whose ashes were where and what they got ri- why they got rid of the glass floors and um, how many of this widget or that widget existed. But now you're kind of on your own. So if you're going to go to the Mall of America, there's some things that I found that will help you um, just make your, your visit more pleasant. Um, number one, if you've never, never gone, then you might want to um, get one of their little booklets. They've got a couple. They've got order booklets. You can go on their website. You can get a kind of like a pre-planning kind of guide. So it'll save you time. It'll save you money. There's all kinds, I mean, usually thousands of coupons for who knows what in there. But um, So I would, I would say, you know, pre-plan your trip. You could either order the coupon book or download it or whatever, whatever. But I would certainly, um, if you're, especially if you like to save money, um, do get your, your pre-planning uh, book. I miss the tours. I don't know why they stopped them. Maybe they'll start them again. But uh, if you haven't gone to their website and, and requested the visitor's guide, then you should. I, there is a fee for that. It's under $10. But, uh, again, it's got a lot of uh, social media deals. You can probably, again, go online for that. If you've got a favorite store, then you want to start registering. So say if you're going to visit in November. It's not too late. Register for your favorite stores and get your email alerts in case you don't want to buy that that little deal book. And they'll email you things and you can find out free what's coming up. The theater right now is closed, but it will reopen in the spring. Uh, they they anticipate that there's going to be these, how can I say, just a, a more a, a less of a herd kind of experience more of a family seating kind of thing, pushy chairs, you, you know, you're going to think you're at a celeb spot. And they will bring uh, different beverages and food to your to your seat. Uh, so it should be interesting on the average price of the ticket that's been floating around. We're not sure until it happens, but they've been saying it's going to be about $30 to go to the movies at the Mall of America. But it'll be an, more of an experience than just a movie. So... Just look out for that. Um, certainly get a map. Uh, there are some days, generically, that are more quiet, quiet than others, uh, and those are Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like, like many other things. So if you can go on the quiet days, also holidays are incredibly quiet because everybody thinks everybody else is there. So uh, if you want to go to the mall though, and not have as much of a crowd, then um, I found that to be true. If you are having problems parking, uh, they've expanded that considerably. But uh, sometimes you have to park like across the street and then ride the light rail, which goes to all of our favorite places in the in the Minnesota. So you can ride the light rail uh, from the parking lot. The parking across the street is free, but uh, it, you know if you try to walk it, it it's, it's doable. 
but it can be perilous. So especially if you have kids and strollers and that type of thing, I would just park, do a park and ride right the train stops under the mall. So I would do a park and ride and um, make your experience less dramatic. The parking is free still, so that's also a perk. But the parking ramps on weekends are a nightmare. So if, if you if you can, certainly do that. If you're at a hotel that's nearby, uh, then certainly I would encourage you to just, you know, take their shuttle because they can get you curbside service like, at the north entrance, I think, is where they go, which is our main fanciest new kind of entrance. So something else for you to do if you are visiting the Mall of America. And these same tips for people who are local and haven't gone or haven't gone in a while, um, you certainly should go. I don't know which phase that they're on, if it's phase six, phase seven, phase eight. But in this past six months, they've done some really nifty things in there and you would really I think enjoy it if you haven't been in a while and I think it's all in preparation for our Super Bowl that's coming up in a what February so um, get there if you've mastered them all already there's still plenty to do in Minnesota and so just we'll take a look at that I'm just going to remind you who you're listening to this is Mary Reed Johnson Head and Heart on BBS Radio now, there's some things to do in Minnesota this winter. One of them, or one of my favorites, is stay warm. So, um, now, I don't drink, but I got to say, there's a lot of breweries, more than 100 breweries and tap rooms all across the state. And um, mixing your own ale right now is quite popular. So, if you want to do something like that, there is something called the Southern Beer Trail. And so you can just uh, head up north to Duluth, and you experience about six breweries. Uh, if you if you don't want to do the Southern Trail, there's about six breweries up there. It's really really pretty. Uh, uh, so just look up North Beer Trail or North Shore Beer Beer Trail if you're going up north. Otherwise, the South Beer Trail is just called Southern Minnesota Beer Trail. So look those up and. Uh, you can stay warm um, without blankets. Uh, you can explore all kinds of trails. I like walking. Um, there's thousands and thousands of trails designed for all kinds of activities here, but for winter, cross-country skiing, which is like pretty much all I can do, um, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, all of that stuff. There's just different trails around here. So you can actually go... Uh, from St. Paul to Los Angeles, and there are 22,000 miles of groomed trails for snowmobiling. So if you're really into it, then, um, you know, you can see also our trees, our forests, our frozen lakes, the river. It's just really pretty. So if you want to find a trail, again, just look up cross-country skiing Minnesota. And you go as far as you want to go, depending on the type of time you have. We have festivals in the spring, summer, fall, but we also have them in the winter. So if you want to go to a really cool one, they have the St. Paul Winter Carnival. And um, it's the oldest winter festival in the United States. They they don't have um, snow sculptures every year, but watching them be made is just 
amazing uh, ice sculptures. They have parades. They have live live music in a downtown park called Rice Park. Just on and on. So if if you don't do anything else and you can, um, I would say try to get to the St. Paul Winter Carnival. It's a good family affair. Um, They have indoor activities as well as outdoor activities. But um, if you're, you know, if you're regular sturdy Minnesotan, then you're going to do a lot of the outdoor stuff. And again, my personal favorite when they have them are the ice sculptures. Usually uh, they also have a tent for the sculptures, and at night they light them up, and you can see just, you know, it's just it's just glorious. So, again, if you get a chance, St. Paul Winter Carnival. There's a lot of comedy. So if you go to uh, one of my favorites, Brave New, um, the Brave New Workshop. So they have uh, theater, they have stand-up, they have... Uh, all kinds of different levels of comedy. And um, there is one um, fellow, Shed G, he's local, but uh, he's also like a body double for Medea. And if you don't know who Medea is, tying back to Cal- uh, uh, Halloween, um, uh, black guy who dresses up as uh, like the matron of the family, Medea, uh, she's just a character. He's, I guess he's supposed to be a combination of all of his aunts and mom and, you know, just women in his family. But she has, uh, I think it's called Scary Boo 2 or something like that. I didn't see her first one. I, I don't think that. I, I'm wondering if she didn't just repackage the first one that nobody saw and slap a two on it instead of a one. But anyway, she's got a scary Halloween movie out right now. And so... If uh, you want to have comedy and Halloween tied together, there you go. But uh, uh, Shedji is often at the comedy sports in Uptown. And so Mall of America is in Bloomington, so that's one end of the town. And then Uptown is not quite our downtown, but Uptown is like a lot of trendy, uh, useful, fun activities. So uh, if you're in town, try the comedy sports and uptowns, and they have interactive improv shows, and uh, those things are Thursday nights and Saturday nights, but there's, you know, fun all over the town. Last thing um, for for you to do, I mean, there's many, but uh, last one for me tonight that I'll share with you. Minnesota has curling clubs. So, you know, curling is kind of looks like the, the puck that slides across the ice, but it's not... Uh, uh, regular hockey puck. Okay, so they have, uh, they were the curling champions in 2015, the men, U.S. men's curling team of the Winter Olympics. So anyway, it's a big old thing. So we do have curling all across the state. And so depending on where you live, you can certainly uh, find a curling activity near you and, and participate. They have dog sledding here. Just all kinds of things. Again, Boundary Water, so up north, they've got all kinds of acres that provide a snowy environment, and it's you, you can actually see uh, teams of Canadian um, dogs, and, you know, and, and explore um, north the North Shore and, and all all around Lake Superior. So, if you like to do that type of thing, um, plenty to do. And uh, as a note, we are the walleye capital of the world. So 
this is when they this is a great season to you know experience ice fishing and so um i think that's got a bunch of resorts at least 50 resorts you can catch your walleye and that's a good thing before we end i want to talk about my experience at the uh, department of cosmetology uh, board it was it was good to revisit i had a small part in the lawmaking from before, it was uh, my first license was as a hair braider from the state of New York, my or my first service license. And then when I moved to Minnesota, I found out that that license wasn't any good. They didn't have anything, any separation of cosmetology and hair braiding. And um, they are very distinctly different things, but the state didn't realize it. They said if you work... Uh, if you did, if you touch the hair for pay, then you should be licensed. Okay. So long, long, long story short, I didn't get licensed because they said that. I got licensed because uh, some of the people that were here, I was working in a salon, and I did the braiding, the weaving, the natural hair care. But um, if somebody wanted their hair colored, I didn't know how to do that, so I would have somebody else do that portion of the, of the head. Or if they wanted a... Uh, trendy cut, again, I didn't know how to do that. I could trim, but I didn't know how to do different cuts. And have somebody who is a cosmetologist who didn't know how to deal with extensions or textured hair like dreadlocks or, you know, some of the things that I did, I realized that they would jack up my style. I mean, I'd just see my work just go to waste. And so... I decided to go to cosmetology school so I could finish my own styles from beginning to the end and everything in between. And so um, that firsthand experience let me know for sure that these are very different things. So when Lillian Anderson um, felt she was being persecuted, she was a first-generation West African lady here. I think she's from Togo. No, she was from Cameroon. But first-generation indigenous braider. They are big for uh, braiding in West Africa. That's what they do. So passed down from generation to generation. So when she came here and she couldn't make a living, she made money and that type of stuff, but she was persecuted for braiding. Um, That's when she filed a suit against the state of Minnesota with the Institute for Justice. And long story short, the Institute for Justice, they are all about um, helping people finance life. You know, they don't believe that, they don't really support boards as a rule. Um, They really help people uh, just be free living entities. doesn't mean that they don't encourage you to pay taxes or anything like that, but they don't want boards in the way of you making your money. And so that's what the cosmetology board here was doing. They wanted um, people who never wanted to deal with chemicals. They wanted them in school for 10 months or or longer, 1,550 hours. And they wanted them to have to learn these chemicals or do these things, uh, even though they didn't have an interest or that was not their bend. And, they, and the school might exploit them because people want services, you know, braiding, weaving services, but they were not teaching them these skills in the school. So there was a, you know, a, a debate. 
Long story short, it became a law that the braiders were a separate entity uh, in as much as they only had to worry about taking a class on health, safety, and sanitation. And I supported that. I thought that was a good idea. Long, long, long story short, after a few years, it became clear that the Board of Cosmetology really wasn't trying to protect the public. They weren't really trying to help the braider. They weren't really trying to do anything except collect fees from the braiders uh, to process their licenses or their registration. And uh, that was not the purpose of keeping with them at all. So after 12 years of just this non-help, and no direction, and actually the board went so far as to stand in the way of people who wanted to teach the braiders anything as far as standards or that type of thing. They would refuse to accept these different curriculums uh, and, you know, for no real reason, just to be mean. And so that, I finally accepted it was unacceptable uh, and would work with braiders on on different levels for private uh, certification or private, you know, just helping them develop some standards, especially if they're new to the industry. Or if they're um, established in the industry, how to, you know, learn some business skills so they can balance those things better and and, um, make the return on their investment appropriate. So long, long, long story short, on the 16th of this month, I was able to team up with Lillian and uh, lead attorney for the Institute for Justice, Lee McGrath, and we talked in front of the Department of Cosmetology. And what we were asking for is uh, exemption, meaning we wanted to be separate because whatever they had in place um, was not working. And we wanted to be separate from the Cosmetology Board The definition of braiding can stand, and I actually was privileged and had an opportunity in my little charmed world to come up with the definition for the state. It wasn't only me. Um, I was going to be an expert witness for Institute for Justice, and long, long, long story short, the day that we were planning our case, the Cosmetology Board called into Lee's office. I was in the lobby, called into Lee's office, and said uh, they weren't going to fight it. And so what we Lee and I did instead is we went to lunch and we uh, drew up what the definition of hair braiding was, what hair braiders were, you know, that type of thing in Minnesota. And basically in Minnesota, hair braiders can do anything that cosmetologists can do aside from they can't use penetrating chemicals, so things that change your body um, or your hair, uh, permanently, they can't do any of those, and they can't do any hair cutting on the live human body. So they could cut their extensions, they can cut the weeds, they can cut, you know, anything like that that is not something that's growing from the person's head. And so I thought that was genius. And the having the piece with the the uh, training for sanitation, some basic sanitation things. I thought that was reasonable. But again, it, it has been used not to the good for the or by the Department of Cosmetology. So it's like they're not they're not 
really um, doing their part. So that's why I sat in with the uh, Institute for Justice on the 16th. We'll see what unfolds. Definitely, uh, they were still resistant. They, meaning the Cosmetology Board, was still resistant. Um, and so um, maybe we'll be in a court case, but uh, right now we'll just we'll just hope that the good, sane reason and logic, the initiative that even the governor supports for boards being uh, more accountable and transparent and more supportive of their constituents, we hope that that will indeed take effect. Okay. But keep you posted. Um, it's been my pleasure. I enjoy talking to you each week, and uh, we will meet again. I'll try to dig up that picture of the twins' tenants, and uh, hope you enjoy that. But I enjoy talking to you. This is Mary Reed Johnson, and I'm with Hair, Head, and Heart. See you next time. Thank you for joining the discussion on Hair, Head, and Heart with your host, Mary Reed Johnson. Mary steps from behind the chair to discuss universal topics and share passions and insights to help all ages and communities know better, do better, and be better. Join us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Check out Hair, Head, and Heart homepage on BBS Radio or visit 3hwellness.org to grow with us.